Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. It's great to be back after a great opening round of Heineken Champions Cup fixtures. But the news this week broke the big news. Johan van Graan will leave Munster at the end of the season after initially signing a new contract in the summer. Now he's revoked a clause to leave. Alan, what do you make of this whole Johan van Graan and Munster situation? Well, first of all, I think uh, somebody needs to look at these clauses, these six-month clauses, and get rid of them. You sign a contract, that should be it. Um, I, I, I think, you know, obviously that gives comfort to both sides. And if, if, a, if a coach wasn't, um, you know, was a, a complete disaster and it wasn't working out, maybe it gives the IRFU an option to, to, um, to release them after, after that six-month period. But um, I think it's disappointing. It's... it's um, uh, some some monster fans, and I said this uh, a few times uh, over the years, that you know there's an impatience there. They haven't won a trophy since 2011, and there's an expectation that um, they should be should be winning trophies, and uh, that's good to have that expectation because um, it probably keeps a little bit of pressure stirring all the time that um, you've got to compete and and a desire and a drive to be at the top table. But um, I think. You know, we've seen some change in the last couple of years in the way the team have been playing. Um, not consistently. We've seen it in sporadic bursts in certain games um, where the attack and the overall attack, not just the backs, I think the approach has been uh, as brilliant to watch. Um, but we've probably seen, we've seen a lot of games where it's been difficult watch. Uh, particularly in semi-finals, finals, uh, most notably probably that that uh, that final league final last year against Leinster where Munster just underperformed and didn't re- never really fired a shot. Um, so we've seen positive signs and we've seen some, you know, frustrations, I think. But overall, I think Johan van Graan has been very popular in the dressing room. I think he's a, he's a very decent man, um, respects people and... and um, was popular um, on the outside. I think, as I said, that frustration, and I think a little bit of what I'm hearing is that some of that frustration has kind of seeped into Johan this year, um, maybe with the fans, and we're hearing some kind of frustrations behind the scenes. Um, that's just been reported on on some articles, um, so that's probably tipped the balance. And in and you know, at the end of this season, it'll be five years that Johan will be there. Um, and if Munster don't win a trophy this year, that's five years without a trophy. If he signs a new contract, potentially, you know, the guy could be there seven years. So players are like, our coaches are like players. Um, of course, you, you you hope for loyalty and you expect loyalty from people when they sign contracts. 
but it's a business and that's just a reality and it's unfortunate for Munster now that they've got to go and look again um, lose a little bit of continuity uh, Larkham announced he was going a couple of weeks ago now the head coach Graham Rountree is staying on I think which is a really positive step um, but it's more uncertainty that's probably Munster just have seemed to be in the headlines the last couple of weeks between COVID Stephen Larkham COVID uh, and now Johan van Graan and the miracle performance on Sunday, uh, uh, the unthinkable happened on Sunday in Wasps. Um, we'll talk about that later. So it's been, it's been um, very, very strange and it's, fr it's frustrating that he's leaving. And I think the timing of Bath announcing a day after saying that they're signed a player has irked some people in Munster. Matt, as a former coach, what do you make of it all? He is off to Bath. They sit at the bottom of the Premiership, not in great shape at all. Were you very surprised, Matt, or not at all? A bit of both, to be honest. Um, Bath are a mess, so there's only one way for them to go, which is up. Um, that they, They've been awful, to be honest with you, but they've been pretty bad for a long, long time, and there's been a uh, pretty much a chain of coaches going there and not get success. And the question you've got to have about Bath is who's driving the ship? Is it the owners or owners, owner rather, or, or the coaches? So th that Bath's a separate issue and it's it's a tough place to go. They were once a magnificent club, once a powerhouse of English rugby, they're not anymore. So Yayan's going there with his work well and truly cut out. Um, I, 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 would, I would go on the bat for him a little bit as a coach because when you sign a contract, usually it's it's totally on the side of the employer as a coach. And usually the contracts are you can be sacked with three months' notice for no reason. You don't you don't get to do everything right, but if they just decide you're not doing a good job, you've got three months and you're out the door. So the fact that Johan's got a little bit in there going his way as well, good on him. And look, I think it may have run its course. I, I agree with Quinny. The expectations at Munster around the team, you know, they're unrealistic. Um, and he has done a lot of good, and that team has come forward. He's rebuilt and done a lot of positive things there. They haven't got a trophy, and that's a big thing for the Munster faithful. And I get that. I get that. I'm not. I'm not trying to make an excuse for it. But Johan did a good job. But I think five years at the end of this year is enough for him, and could be enough for both sides. I think it could be a positive for Munster because. The rebuild, you know, the the, the, the the foundations of the rebuild have been laid and they're pretty good. We saw these young guys come out last week and really perform. So there's some good quality uh, players coming through the system. I think what Munster don't have, and, and they did before with Declan Kidney and so on, is someone from the province that understands the culture and the people and understands the players the way Declan did. Now, Declan wasn't a technical coach in any sense of the, of the word, but he, but he also had great players. If you look at Leinster, they've got Felipe, Conopani, uh, Emmett Farrell and Leo Cullen, who all played for the club for considerable periods of time and know the club inside out and in Emmett's and Leo's case have been at the club for 25 years. So it, that, that's what Munster doesn't have and it'd be nice for them to try and go down that path. Now, where they go, Ronan Agar is the obvious case, but Ronan, from what we hear, is staying. And I haven't spoken to Ronan. I don't have any contact with that. Uh, you know, staying at La Rochelle. 
So it's who comes in and builds on uh, Yohan's great work that hasn't yielded a trophy, but if they can build on it and get a trophy, then, then it can be a plus. It's probably, in my opinion, I, I come from this different angle from Alan, I think it could be a blessing for uh, for the club in, in the next 12, 24 months. Quinny, Matt mentions Ron Nogar there. You definitely probably all have spoken to him. What is his situation? Will he come back, Quinny? Or is it yeah, too well, soon? Is I, it can, too soon? I, I can uh, I can release some breaking news. Yeah, he's after taking the job and he signed a 10-year contract. And Paul O'Connell has, has uh, signed 10 years as well. He's left the Irish job. I'm going to be the new manager. Um, <laughs> I thought that. I thought, I thought there'd be a gig there for you somewhere. <laughs> no, it's uh, I don't know. It's At the end of the day, Rog... Um, he signed a contract last year as head coach for, for three years with La Rochelle. So um, it's, he's involved in a project there that um, I suppose there's a couple of elements to this. If, if, if Munster wanted him, can he get out of the contract? Number one. Number two, does he want to get out of the contract? Um, and, and is he interested in the job? I'm sure, I'm sure Munster would like, there is no doubt that, there's certain times in your life that opportunities present themselves and there's i think you, you have to look at them and 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 weigh up the options and and make a decision then and back your decision throughout all our lives we make decisions and sometimes we regret things and um so i i don't know i think it's a very complex situation and and um for Rog to to, to suddenly say I, i'm going to take the monster job even if he wanted to um, there's legal ramifications there. He has a contract. I don't know what if there's any sort of release clauses in his contract, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I think he'll have to digest this. Um, there's headlines in, in the papers in France um, that he's been linked with the job. Um, so, look, he'd be a brilliant, brilliant choice. I think he's been away for a number of years now, as has Mike Prendergast. Mike has been away nine years, Rog, seven or eight years. Um, they've garnered a lot of experience and uh, involved in different environments, different teams, and they're two uh, two monster men through and through. And um, I'm sure they'll be heavily linked, and I'm sure Monster will will have them on the radar. But I think it's a big job for 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 lots of coaches throughout the world. I think a lot of people will 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 have an interest in this. Um, We've had a lot of situations in Monster where we've propelled coaches onto international jobs afterwards. You know. Uh, Tony McGann, Jim Jim Williams, Alan Gaffney, um, and that's no disrespect to the boys. Um, but you know, when you when you're if you if you coach a team, any of the Irish provinces now, I think you'll you'll put yourself look at what Pat Lamb did with Connacht, um, linked with a lot of international jobs, took the job in Bristol, um, signed a massive contract there. So um, the the thing with Munster now is. I think they need a little bit of stability. There's been a lot of change in the last number of years, and that's the nature of the business, maybe. Um, if you get something right and it's continuing, and, and Leinster have shown that in the last number of years, I think Stuart Lancaster has been linked with so many jobs, but Leinster have managed to convince him and keep him on board, and he's treasured there um, and has done a wonderful job. And Matt mentioned Felipe as well, and, and Leo steered the ship there very well. So... Not alone from a playing point of view, from a coaching point of view, they're they have stability and they're probably an envy to a lot of clubs. But it's a very um, complex business, professional sport, 
And I think Johan has done a good job. And I agree with Matt. He's laid a lot of foundations. Part of me thinks there's one more step here. And I and maybe we'll see that in the next seven months. Um, and getting someone, you know, he. I just hope that it doesn't destabilise things a little bit and um, cause frustrations with the fans or players internally that he's he's leaving. It can be a tricky situation when you announce a coach is leaving. Um, so, look... It's it's something that uh, Munster fans are get get excited about if the likes of Ronan O'Gara are coming back there. But I don't know. It's a, it's it's there's a lot of moving parts to that, and who knows? And if Munster really wants him, um, they, they they maybe they will move heaven and earth to get him. He'd be brilliant. I think you can just imagine the excitement from supporters, and I think he, he wouldn't be a kind of a uh, a nostalgic appointment if you like. I think he's proven he's proven himself now, um, albeit not as a head coach for a long period. But he's 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 a wealth of knowledge, and um, they need to get the right person. I think lots of people throughout the world. Maybe Matt Williams will put his CV in as well and and have a go for it. Uh, but look, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of coaches interested in this job. Matt, no doubt you're getting that CV polished up. Matt, it is a big big job. Is Ronan? Is it the right time for Ronan to take the job if he was offered it, Matt? There'll be plenty in for it, won't there? There will be. It's um, look, Munster are one of the great clubs of the world. There's no no two ways around, around that. And as Alan said, they've launched a lot of pl- uh, coaches further on, and that's a negative in some aspects for the club. I, I really think that if it's possible, they need one of their own. Um, they need Paul or Ronan. Dutchie Holland, in in uh, who's doing such a good job coaching in um, Wellington in the uh, Super Rugby Series, they need someone who who is one of them. And look, I was at a big big reunion on Saturday with a, with a whole lot of guys I coached twenty years ago, and we we're all talking about what what a great position Leinster are in, and part of that is because we believe. There's people running the club that understand the club's DNA and understand what makes what they have to do to play well and how that's happened over two decades. And when they played well, they've done it. When they haven't played well, they haven't done it. And I, I, I agree with Alan. There is another step for months. So I think it's another couple of steps. But if they could get one of their own in, that that would speed the process up. Now, Ronan, to me, you know, I sat next to him in the – Virgin Media Studios for three or four years now. You know, he's got a great mind, great thinker of the game. He's got his experience. He's been, at, he's been at Racing. He's gone down to Canterbury, New Zealand, and now he's a head coach at La Rochelle. And so Ronan is ready for, for Munster. But Ronan's a very loyal dude, and I really respect that about him. And he, he's got a handshake with a president in La Rochelle who's been very good to him. So I, I, I can't comment on whether Ronan will come or should come, but I, I do know he, he would be a good man for the job. I think he's the best man for the job because being a head coach is so different to being an assistant coach. So if you're an assistant coach somewhere and you step into the head coach's role, it's a different universe. And that's why some guys are just genius assistant coaches like Stuart Lancaster, but maybe aren't aren't um, as good as a head coach because the, the requirements 
on leadership and what your your your, your um, skill set are very different. And Ronan has had experience at both, but being the head coach in charge of contracts, running staff, you know the whole complexity that comes with you dealing with. You know, you, you're managing up the chain, not just down the chain to your players and stuff. You've got to manage up to your CEO and your board. And that is really hard. And that's time consuming. And then you've got the other part, which everyone forgets. Ronan's got a family. They're settled in a very nice place in France. Does he want to uproot them and move them back to Ireland? And many of his kids have never lived in Ireland. So it's, it's they've been, you know, for, from in Paris and New Zealand and now back to France. Where do you go with your family? So the moving parts, as Quinny said, are huge. On the simple question, is Ryan ready? Without doubt. Without doubt, he's ready. Interesting stuff. Quinny, as a Monster man, do you want to see an all-Monster ticket in that coaching staff for the next group? I'd like to see some Monster involvement, I think. And we saw, look, we, we've seen it before. And um, Monster did try with Jerry Flannery and Felix and Axel. Um, t- times are a little bit different then. <clears throat> I think... Um, some of the young players that we're talking about now and that we're seeing and we're getting excited about were probably in their very, very, very early stages. Some of them not even heard of at that stage. So I think the depth of the squad wasn't as strong in, in those previous years. Um, I, w- I would like to see, I, look, I'd love to see, see Rog come back there. I'd love to see Paul come back there. I'd love to see Jason Holland as well, as Matt said, Mike Prendergast. These are guys, these are our own guys that that um you know i think sometimes you can over overemphasize the the dna and and culture um of a club and not understanding it and i don't mean that disrespectfully in any way to matt i think it's the same as overseas players coming into a club and i can name a few that were just unbelievable with monster they they became monster jim williams john langford dougie howlett to Pokey, Maffey, these guys will always be remembered, Jason Holland, as monster guys. Rob Henderson, even last week, I'm speaking to him, um, and he, I'm asking him, you know, what's his connection with Wasps and Munster? And, you know, well, he said, I haven't been to a Wasps game since I retired, and I've probably been to 30 Munster games. Um, monster grasps hold of you, and um, particularly if you come in as a player or a coach. And, and the same with all the coaches, Alan Gaffney, even though he was with Matt at Leinster as well, and he's a real connection to Irish rugby. He was involved with the Irish team as well. But Tony McGann and Jim Williams and these guys who coached here, um, you know, they, 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 they get engrossed in it. And, and Johan will be remembered as well as, as, as a Munster man. Um, but... I think if the if the people are ready and they're your own and there's a fifty fifty call, you got to go for someone who, who's um, who will you know Roger will excite the fans. He will he will really excite the whole place. Um, and look, maybe it's hypothetical talking about it that it may not happen. It's a very tall order because, as we said, with contracts and and all that kind of stuff, is he is it the right time? Who knows what the right time is, Stuart, in in your life? You know, you've got to. You've got to sometimes make things happen and make it the right time. But, um, of course, I'd love to see him come back. I'd love to see Mike Prendergast come back too. And Matt knows this. Mike is so well regarded in France. You know, he was at the bottom of the pile and the top. He worked, he sucks off, doesn't have the same profile as as Roger Paul. Um, went to Grenoble. Um, you know, in a dogfight there. Ended up in Ayana, another dogfight. But... 
played brilliant attack in rugby and players loved him. They loved his approach. They loved his dynamic with people and obviously didn't work at Stad because Paul himself left there and um, Paul left first and, and Heineken Mayer and, and there was a lot of uncertainty there about the club. But, you know, Mike nearly was involved in the European racing side of one Europe two years ago. They were an absolutely brilliant side and probably should have beaten Exeter in that final. Um, they've been knocking on the door for years. Whether they will be or not this year, they've, they've a, a fair bit of change, but he's someone who deserves a shot or deserves to be in the mix anyway. Yeah, you mentioned Mike Pentagross there, Quinny. He's certainly done his time, you know, as you say, or at Grenoble, or in a, and then Rossing even on Friday night there against the Saints. Like, Rossing were just unbelievable, and the backs were brilliant, and he just seems to, from the outside, give the players the opportunity to go and with a bit of freedom and play ball. Yeah, and um, I, as I said, I speak to players when you're on the road the last few years and you talk to guys and, and he's very well respected um, and they like his attitude and they like his philosophy around attack. So um, I think maybe the overall shape of the team is something that, that probably has frustrated me at times. And sometimes, Matt will know this as a coach, sometimes that's down to personnel as well. You can't just turn kind of forwards who are not have that open vision and that natural flair and footballing skills. Um, they've got to do their primary job first, which is scrum, line out, breakdown, all that kind of stuff. But if you can, you can get players like look, just look at Ty Furlong, what he can do with the ball in his hand. Um, his lines are running even when he doesn't get the ball. It's a perfect scenario. That's why he's the best tight head in the world. But if you can get your forwards really understanding shape and attack, um, where they stand, lines they run, being an option in that front line, all that kind of stuff, it adds to your attack. And we saw that in November with really good continuity from Ireland against particular in that All Blacks game. Um, and it's about developing that. So I think the next step in, for me is developing that, not going away from Munster's uh, tradition of being a team that takes you asunder up front or at least makes you work your socks off as a forward pack. And if you don't, you're going to be in for a long day. That's always kind of been Munster's approach. And I love that when I play for Munster, you know, whether we went 20, 30 yards with them all, the crowd loved that. So it's not that Munster fans don't like uh, Munster being forward dominated. But I think at times the way the game has changed now, your attack shape in phase play right across the field has to be really good. And I think that's the next step where Munster need to go and give themselves a real shot of attacking teams. And there is no guarantee, no matter what happens in Munster in the next two, three, four, five years, that they'll win a trophy. Because trophies, just they're hard to come by. And it looks like Leinster will be, they have a model now that's that's going to be, you know, that every all, all the other provinces are trying to reach, that, that depth chart. And then in Europe, you just sometimes it's a roll of the dice. You're knocking on the door and you need a little bit of luck in the draw and stuff. So um, we'll just wait and see. Again, we're speculating a lot, but um, hopefully we can get some 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 homegrown guys to take that next step. And uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more of that throughout the, the rest of the season. Matt, just to finish the Munster section, if it isn't a homegrown uh, coach that takes a job, who else would you like to see that Munster go after or even interview Matt? It's a it's a great question, Stu. Um, I I would agree with Quinny. Look, I, 
Munster's Munster's past, which was so successful, is part of their hindrance, in my opinion. Someone that's watched them for 25 years and coached against them at Leinster and Ulster. They were such a great club. Quinny's generation, I'm not saying it's because Alan's here, but that was the great generation. So Munster keep looking back at that generation. Why can't we? Why can't we? Why can't we? And, and what they've got to do is change that and look forward and say, what can we become? And that's hard. That's, that's really hard. So whoever it is, it can't be a rookie. It's got to be someone that's got scars of battle on them and understands what they're in for. You're going into one of the great clubs of Europe. They've got to change and look forward and do exactly what Alan said. They've got to produce attack. And the attack has to be original, has to be thoughtful. You don't lose those qualities that the great Munster sides have. Well, they are tough buggers. You know, they're hard men. And they make they, they, you know, look really, really tough human beings, physically and mentally, and highly skillful. You've got to keep those qualities, that, those, that mindset, and build on it and take it forward. So I, I'm not going to throw a name up to you uh, because the one bloke that would do that can't do it because he's signed in Japan, which is Michael Checker. Um, Checks would be absolutely brilliant at that. But he, he's moved his family to France in where I am in Narbonne, and he's, he's working a bit in Japan, so you're not going to get him. But someone along those lines that doesn't, doesn't suffer fools gladly, has experience, is, is respectful of the club, knows their culture, but also can look and guide forward while keeping the past close, a close companion. But you can't go back to what Munster were. You can never can go back. You just got to keep going forward. That's that's a hard gig, because winning's hard, mate. <laughs> you don't. If, if winning was easy, one club would win it every year. And winning in Europe is really, really hard. That's what makes it such a beautiful challenge. It's going to be very fascinating next months to come. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Another big topic, Matt, I want to chat about is the Ireland's women team and the letter which was sent, signed and sent to the government there. 62 players, I think it was, involving the lack of confidence in the IRFU. What do you make of it all, Matt? Look, I, I, no doubt that there's very broad support for the women's game for change. That that's, goes across the Irish community. I think they just used a very blunt instrument in what they've done. So I, I don't know what their their 
strategy, their long-term strategy is. But it's very like both sides now have become confrontational, and uh, certainly in my experience across business and sport, when you when you're very very confrontational, um, it's hard to make progress. So I, I'm fully understand why or where they're coming from and they're, they're passionate and all that, but I'm not so sure that the outcome that both sides want is going to be achieved using such a very, very blunt instrument as that letter because it's, uh, it's certainly just made both sides um, defend rather than be conciliatory and, and try and find consensus and find, try and find common ground. Because that's the only way forward is to find common ground. And Alan, the way the IRFU responded, they refuted the letter. Um, yeah, look, it's. I think it's a shame that this happened for both sides. I think they're airing their dirty laundry in public. Um, I'm not blaming either side. It's it's the 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 women. They obviously feel strongly that they're being disrespected. Um, I'm not sure for what reason though. I think reading the statement in the letter, um, there's a, a fear that the independent reviews that are taking place are not going to be made public. I think you're in very, very dangerous territory if you make uh, reviews for any company public because there's a potential to, to libel people, um, ruin people's careers on both sides. Um, I don't have the answers and I'm not, you know, uh, it's just a shame that this has happened. I really hope that it doesn't escalate anymore. Having your government get involved in, in this situation and the RFU receive funding from, from the government, um, the RFU and my dealings with them, and they do get criticism and justifiably so at times. I think they've been very fair and loyal to me over the years. I don't work for the RFU, I don't. Um, but... I think they need to, to understand maybe the PR responses here haven't been the best because I think, as Matt said, the general public, and there is a lot of support for the women's game, and they need to, to get our support and our, our um, with their game. But I see a lot of people, and I've said this a few times, I see a lot of people giving out uh, that the women are not getting support and they're not getting um, the respect that they need. I just wonder how many of those people went to see um, their recent games in against USA and Japan. I just wonder how many people went to see him in the Six Nations. Um, you know, there's a lot of people shouting on the outside here. How many people are those people go down to their local rugby club and coach a women's team or support a women's team? There's a lot of good work, and I noticed throughout Munster with development officers and uh, women's rugby in clubs. Um, there needs to be a lot more done and the improvement and the help needs to be given to the women, uh, particularly the young girls that are coming through that we want to try and develop. And let's be honest here, the skill level that we've seen in, in some of the recent games hasn't been good and the qualifiers hasn't been good. The performances have been poor and, and they've got to take that in the chin themselves. So I just think it's a very unfortunate situation that we've gone... Um, public with all this stuff and it's it's a very very negative thing from both the rfu and for 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 the women and we don't really have any clarity as to what hasn't been done for for the for the women's game or and i think anthony eddie's 
statement again wasn't best timed and maybe the wording of it wasn't the you know a positive scenario for for people um so it's it's a shame really and i hope they resolve it i hope it gets resolved soon i hope the women get the support they need i do know that the rfu have put a lot of um funding and investments and support into the women's game would any of this have happened if they qualified for the world cup unlikely maybe it would have um i think the worry from the women's team and what happened let's not get away from the fact in the interpros what happened as um as as energy a park with the, the the way the women had to tug out in in the conditions they had to tug in, out in was a disgrace and that should never have happened nobody should be treated like that man woman or child um so there's mistakes i think in both sides and the pr of this has been bad for both both parties and i hope that it gets resolved quickly and um, we can move forward and start hearing some good stories about positive stuff from from the about the women's game greg matt williams is a great appointment i think he's a brilliant appointment the irfu put him in there um i think he's the best man for the job he was involved in 2013-14 when they had success and hopefully they'll start building and we hear some positive stuff moving forward and they get this resolved quickly matt just uh to summarize that uh, the ministers of sport and state of sport have come out and they weren't happy with the IRFU's response in the letter. Uh, your your thoughts on that? As I said, Stu, like pe people are when when you negotiate with someone, I, I, and I always tell every player, every guy, I do it. You don't get what you're worth; you get what you can negotiate. When you're negotiating with people, to be confrontational is really um a negative it doesn't doesn't um doesn't bring about the the environment to achieve the outcomes you want so the blunt instrument of the letter to the government led to a very defensive reply from the irfu which has just put two two groups headbutting with the government in the middle and you know, that, that's, as Quinny said, that's not a good outcome for anyone. So I think calmer heads and wiser counsel needs to be given to both sides where the atmosphere is, is toned down and we say, well, what is it we need to achieve here? What are we after? Because at the moment, um, the, the, the way the environment is set up is simply... An environment of confrontation and in any environment of confrontation you're not going to get the outcomes that are satisfactory for either side so that's that's just the world so there's a whole lot of specific uh, um, actions that the women want and that is linked to funding and the the the, the, the governing body um, are saying they don't have a lot of money they how do they cut the money up is how we run the game or how the game is run I don't run the game, how the game is run. So you have to negotiate that. And uh, I, I just I just think everyone needs to take the pressure out of that, the, the, the aggression out of it, and to sit down and talk and to try and find find some common ground and not and I agree with Alan. Doing it in public, listen, I, I've dealt with the IRFU for twenty five years and I agree with Quinny. I don't work for them, I work for them for ten years. They're tough people to deal with. 
but that I always found them exceptionally fair, exceptionally fair. And if if you can sit down and have a good conversation, you you can get the outcome. You never, no one gets everything they want in any contract, but you can get a bit of it. So let's let's just take the air out of the uh, the pressure out of the the environment and and sit down and have a chat. Well, hopefully it gets resolved and sorted sooner rather than later. Moving back to the rugby, it was a great weekend, wasn't it, Alan? For all Irish provinces in general, four great wins. Yeah, and uh, we got we got to take it on the chin. I can't remember Matt's predictions last week, but I went uh, I went for Leinster Connacht and poor Ulster Munster people must have been. Um... You never backed Ulster, Quinny? Well, sure no, no, I didn't. I didn't, and I did say, and I got uh, somebody clipped me on Twitter about this that. Uh, even when I was speaking about Ulster, I managed to men- mention Munster in in, uh, in that. So fair enough. Um, obviously, I was referencing Munster's win there last year in Clermont, and thinking, yeah, could Leinster or Ulster have the potential to do something like that? Um, if you hold on to the ball and if you attack and if you're a brave in Clermont, because Madel notice being in France. They're usually a side, the dominant side. They're usually the side controlling the tempo. They're usually the side winning the physical collisions. They don't allow teams a lot, particularly at home, to hold on to the ball for long, long periods because somebody usually smashes someone in a tackle. They defend aggressively. They win a turnover. So you, I think the key to, to Ulster going there was being brave, holding on to the ball and attacking and exactly what they did. And because of the Ospreys' performance, it was in my head that, you know, we've seen this a lot over the years from Ulster where they get a big performance and then the week after it's a different side. It's a different performance. It's, and that's, you talk about the next step for other teams. I think that's the next step for Ulster is this consistency, a little bit of a hard edge, even when they're not playing well. And to be fair, they were outstanding in Claremont. I thought James Hume, Wonderful performance. Um, he was involved with Ireland, didn't get to play in November. But he's someone who now we're starting to see real quality, confidence, strength, sidestep, real quality. He was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant performance for him. Stuart McCluskey, you know, doing what he does best, aggressive, getting little offloads in. And I, and I love Michael Lowry's performance at fullback. I think he's the Chelsea Cheslin Colby of uh, of Irish rugby. Um, he's just a wonderful player, um, small in stature, massive heart. Uh, just tackles he put in at times when he had no reason to, to 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 knock some of the bigger guys that were running at him. The 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 overall performance. Alan O'Connor's little offload in the middle for that try. Timoney's try at the end. You know, I think they were really brave. And it was a brilliant performance. And you think in anybody watching this game, they think the inevitable is happening when Clermont take the lead. They think, yeah, that's it. Well done, Ulster. Pat in the back. You may get a losing bonus point. Great performance. But no, they didn't accept that. John Cooney was amazing as well. So, um, so many big performances right throughout the team. And I think it was a great performance. It was a really great performance from them. And they deserve massive credit for that. Northampton at home Friday night, though. Let's see it again. Let's see that ru- a little bit of a step now, ruthless edge to them. Yeah, Matt, they were exceptional against Claremont, but as Quinny said, <laughs> they must back it up 
tomorrow night, won't they, against Northampton? They have to, surely. Stewie as Alan was so brilliantly describing what what will go down as one of Ulster's great European victories in the pool stages. I know Ulster won the tournament back in the old days, but that 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 was a game that they no one thought they'd win. And at the point of, the, of that, it, at the end stages, exactly as Alan said, I thought, ah, oh, exactly that. Geez, they they tried their guts out. Well done, lads, but you're not going to win it. And they can't make and win it. But now this is where Ulster will absolutely shatter your heart. This is this is the point, Stuart. You know, you've been there following for 20 years. I'm crying as we speak, Matt. I'm crying. We, we, we've just had one of the all-time great wins and we got them at home and this is the week they've got to stand up. They've got to put back-to-backs in. That's Europe. You've got to put back-to-back performances in. Now, they're coming home. So Ulster at home are a really difficult boost. They've shown that over, well, their whole their whole uh, history, but certainly the last few years they've been really a real handful at home. And I've got to say, uh, on Friday night I watched, sadly, I, I've wasted 80 minutes of my life that I'll never get back, watching Northampton play Racing. Now, Racing were absolutely superb, but I want to put that win into context. Northampton were embarrassing. They were at Franklin Gardens at their home ground. That is the worst display I've ever seen from Northampton. They were, their defence was appalling. Like at certain points, you're just going, really? You're just shaking your head at what they did. There's got to be huge pressure on Northampton to do something, you know, to come out and do something this this Friday because they let everyone down, themselves, the history of their club, and Northampton's a great club, their supporters, their coach, they were absolutely rotten. And if they turn up without a significant improvement at, at uh, Ravenhill, the same will happen. So, you know, Ulster have a good opportunity to go back to back because not just because of how well Ulster played the other day, because their opponents are absolutely shocking. Now, I, I expect Ulster, uh, God, this this is uh, Stewie. Stop me. I expect Ulster to win. I'm sorry, which means we're in all, Ulster in all sorts of trouble. But I, I do expect them to win for for the reasons that they were simply magnificent the other week, and Northampton were were on the on the absolute other end of the scale. They were appalling. Surely, Matt, they'll win. Surely, Quinny, your old boys, your old boys, monster. What a day it was in Coventry. Debut try scores, brilliant for the young fellas, and get a. Big performance to beat Was, and then this weekend against Cast, you're looking at another big win. Yeah, and that's the challenge for him this week. Um, obviously, a lot has been written, spoken uh, about what happened at the weekend. Again, it's uh, probably the unthinkable happened. Um, Was with four players before the game and, and one on the bench, five changes to their 23 with COVID um, helped Munster a little bit, the sending off as well, but they were magnificent and. You can never underestimate what these young people have done. 12, 12 debutants or 12 young guns like that being involved. Um, so many debuts. 19 year olds, 19, 20 year olds um, being at the cold face of Europe. So remarkable stuff, really, for them. I think they were in a better place than maybe we thought they were with the, the nine internationals that Munster had before that. Um, they, they had a big influence. So it was a really brilliant week for them. Uh, a unifying two weeks, I would say, with everything they've been through. Um, but 
this week is a potential banana skin. You know, Quinns beat Cass at the weekend. Cass didn't look good. They were at home. Quinns should have won by more. But you just never know. These This is where you kind of put yourself in a really difficult position if you kind of drop your heads any little bit, drop your standards. So I think there's a lot of the players who originally came back, the first group that came back from South Africa are going to be involved this week. They're out of their, their isolation period. And that will strengthen Munster. Um, maybe those guys now will come in with a real enthusiasm to get a performance. There's over 20,000 tickets sold on Saturday night uh, for the cast game. And they've just got to focus on getting the job done here because um, these back-to-back games, and if you beat cast on Saturday night, you potentially risky business with French teams, but potentially you're putting them out. They've, that will have them mean they lost two games very difficult to get into the round 16 with two wins. Um, so two losses in the first two will maybe put cast, uh, it will make that, that maybe make that trip to France for Munster after Christmas a little bit easier. Um, but they've got to find a way now on Saturday night. I, I Saturday night's just about winning now because they're going to be rusty. These players that are going to come in now, they're going to be rusty. They've not played in, in since the Ospreys game, most of them. Uh, match fitness and all that stuff could be an issue. Um, so getting the balance right for Johan van Graan and, he, and his selections this week will be important. Um, but you'd imagine they'll they'll be able to pick a side that will will get get them a win. But I just just when I think of cast and the history of my matches over the years, we've played them so many times. Um, it can be really really tricky at times and. This is cast out of Europe, effectively, if they don't win on Saturday night. And they will love nothing. Nothing would ignite a team more, even in 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 uh, in, in their own top 14, to get a win in, 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 in Thoman Park on Saturday night. So, dangerous proposition. But you would imagine that maybe the energy that Munster have after last week, um, they'll have enough to do. To, they'll have enough to get a win on Saturday night. Yeah, it's always a good battle between Munster and Cast. Matt, moving on to Leinster, you were at the Viva on Saturday against Bath, far too strong. And I'm just hearing there that their match with Montpellier will go ahead. So that is confirmed, which is great, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. Well, he's great for for a lot of reasons. Um, I've I got to touch that. I really admire the attitude of the clubs like Cardiff and Munster that were at huge disadvantage because of COVID and just said no. We're honouring the fixture. Like I, I really, really admire that. And I will say, my I was with Quinny. I was two and two last week. Uh, I, I thought I thought Ulster and uh, Munster wouldn't get the biscuits, but I did say, don't be surprised if a whole lot of young guys just grab the opportunity and run with it and say, this is this might be my only game. I am giving this everything I've got, and they did. I just think Munster at home this week will be far too strong. And I think Leinster going away are saying the same thing. We want to win this game. Europe's important to us. We don't want to potentially lose points. We want to get the points. And the other great thing I love about Leo, i got faith in the kids. He has, he has said that ever since he got there. I've got faith in the young guys. I've got If we've got a lot of COVID guys out with COVID, that's really, you know, really bad. I want to look after them. But I got faith in the boys. And 
they they very very rarely let him down. You know, I've seen him pick sides and go away. I think not many there. I've been watching Montpellier a bit lately. They're just up the road from where I live, uh, and they haven't been great. They, I've got to say they have not been great. They've been okay, um, but there's not something you look at Montpellier and go, gee, that really scares me if I was Leo Cullen. The other thing is Leinster have a great history against them. I remember uh, going up there uh, twice in the last four or five years and watching the Leinster play there, and they've come away with victories on, on both occasions. And I, I think they can do it again this week. Now, I haven't, we, I haven't seen the Leinster side, but from what I'm hearing, um, th- there's some significant um, changes to the side. But Leinster have got such depth and their attitude is saying is empowering to the players. Leo's attitude is saying we're playing this game. We're gonna we're gonna get a charter plane. We're gonna fly in. I, I don't know, but one of the proposals was you fly in on the on the day of the match, play the match, and we fly out, so we don't have to worry about border restric- uh, restrictions and being stuck in quarantine and so on. Like that gives players so much confidence that their boss believes in them to do a job, and I, I think that's uh, going to be very very empowering for the young players that get their opportunity. And I, I, I really hope Leinster can win and I, I believe they can win without even seeing their team. Just by the mindset they have, I think they can do it. Yes, great stuff, Matt. And Quinny, uh, Connett, great win against Stad. Bonus point win. They did the job, didn't they? This weekend it's going to be tricky now. Welford Road. But who knows? They could go and do a job. Yeah, it's... Uh, this is the one we were mentioning last week that... Um, Connacht are a confident side. When they get on the front foot, they're they play great rugby. Um, exciting brand, loads of pace, tempo to their game, and and as expected last week, Stad couldn't live with that. And Connacht are really brave. They get penalties early on. They're kicked to the corner. They're they're making a statement, and it shows their confidence. And um, at times, they you know, I think what impressed me most was defensively when when particularly in the second period, uh, that second half when Stad had a fair bit of possession, um, Connacht were rock solid defensively and just um, didn't allow them to get ahead of steam. They had a lot of ball and just defended really well. So um, this is going to be a real physical challenge for them. Um, they're going into a real hotbed of a team that's a nine from nine in, in, in their domestic league and a team that went to Bordeaux, one of, kind of a dark horse, I thought, before this competition, Bordeaux. Um, and they won last week. They found a way to win. Um, really robust side, Leicester, I think, and they're a powerful side. So that's going to be a real test for Connacht. Um, dare I say the obvious thing is they, they've got to be physically ready for this because Leicester will try and bully them. That's You talk about DNA and, and, and the way teams approach um and and play and Leicester are going to be right in their faces trying to physically out muscle them so it's up to Connacht to to roll up their sleeves and similar to what I said about Ulster going to Claremont play rugby against them be brave try and move them around and and attack them and you know Connacht are the kind of side that if they get a score or two up um they just grow on confidence but you you think it's going to be a tall order for 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 Connacht to go and get a win here yeah, it is going to be a big ass, but you wouldn't put it past them, I suppose. Right, Matt, your favourite part of the week or part of the pod. Predictions, please. What are we saying? Oh, Munster. Leinster, Ulster. Um, 
Leinster will be the toughest of uh, the biggest challenge there. Connaught, if Connaught can win, well, that's going to be one of their great wins. Uh, Leicester are a club that values Europe. That's that's something else. All the things that Alan just put in, completely agree with. But they are also a club that really values Europe. So if Connaught can get up, that will be one of their greatest ever wins. But gee whiz, that that's that's a, that's a bigger task for Connaught than Ulster at uh, Claremont, Walford Road with with Leicester nine nine zip. 10 zip now, including the lot there last week. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. So three and one for the, for the Irish provinces. And Quinny? Yeah, I'm going to go the same. Um, we'll probably be wrong and hopefully kind of prove us wrong, but I think the other three will win. Yes. I think Montpellier were dreadful last week in, in Exeter and um, I don't see anything different, of course. Um, we won't get the Leinster lineup till lunchtime and... Uh, It'll all depend on that. If 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 it obviously makes it a little bit easier for Montpellier if some of those the big guns are missing for Leinster. So um, I'm going to say Ulster Connacht, Ulster Munster, um, Leinster. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Leinster. Okay, defense, I, really. Come we'll on, go, we'll, go, we'll go three. We'll go three and one. But look, you yeah. see, for That's anyone watching, for anyone. Well, I'll change my mind when I see the team. If Leinster have a, a decent team now, when I say it doesn't have to be full strength, but if they have a, a scratch side, it could be really difficult. Montpellier might might try and re, reinvigorate, reignite themselves. So um, three and one as well. Yeah, I think Connacht might come up short in Leicester. Right, lads, great stuff. And if Ulster lose on Friday night, I think you'll need to get a new host for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.